Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are now a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D-Mendy here, joined as always by Johnny Foosball, John Van Etten. John, who is the best team in this Copa America tournament? It's got to be, it's got to be Argentina. You got Messi. That's all you need. This is okay. I, was, I always get a little worried about what you're going to ask me. So thank you for giving me a softball. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I get like actual anxiety. I'm like, oh, what am I going to say? Am I going to say something stupid? It's always John's always the one that gets the questions, but I figure I'd say in your wheelhouse. I mean, it's it's very prevalent right now. I actually watched just, a little you, bit today. You watched it. You watched the Copa America. You watch any Euros, David? I saw Spain. They were dominating. The Netherlands, the- Netherlands no. had a, a stunning uh, choke away of a lead, but then they ended up winning on Sunday. It was fantastic. Did you Who are see, you, David? Uh, Did you see Erickson? Know. Oh, oh yeah, that was terrifying. I was oh, that was terrifying. I like What's I even- literally just all right, I well, came home from the gym. Oh, sorry. Wait, well, well, this is, this, we'll save the hot, the uh, hockey, <laughs> the soccer talk for you. another time. I just wanted to make John feel comfortable because we have an intimidating presence that I'm going to introduce in just a couple <laughs> seconds here. Uh, but we, of course, also have the doc, Eric Mendelson, a.k.a. The, uh, the man that does not like to be told what to do at the gym. How's it going? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You will pull any reference in my personal life. And. Further, Eric has been bullied to have some wall art hanging in the background now. <laughs> he was bullied by the comments last week. Yeah, there you go. You guys looking very festive and making me look pretty bad with my blank wall here. Of course, rounding out the normal crew, we have the Donovan Mitchell hater and a jazz apologist. It's the Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore. What's going on? Man, I'm distracted right now watching the Hawks and the 76ers right now. So I'm still, I'm still got baseball on my mind, man. Baseball. I mean basketball. See, there you go. We, we, we're going to talk about every sport tonight besides football. It's it's apparently, apparently. Uh, but for everybody that can see on the screen right now, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this handsome gentleman. But if you are watching, you can see who's joining us tonight. And I want to introduce him the proper way. And joining us is a man whose fantasy resume is beginning to look like a short novel. The lead, Debbie, and an NFL writer for Fantasy Pros, where he remains a pros pro. He's a special contributor to footballguys.com, where he's anything but just a guy. He's also part of the Devi Royale, where he devies up the pain when you talk bad about his Ohio State Buckeyes and dishes uh, a lot of hate to Kevin, which I always really like. You may catch this man jumping through tables as part of Bill's Mafia. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to ask you, did you pay the toll? Well, luckily, we did, <laughs> as we are talking to Jeff Bell, AKA for whom the bell tolls. How is it going, my friend? Fantastic. As always, the best intro in the business. <laughs> I'm thrilled that I could get to mine and you you nailed it just like I expected you to. I'm thrilled to be here. Happy to talk about any sports we want to talk about, um, but certainly football is at the top of the resume and the top of the interest. For sure. I was going to actually introduce you with either uh, this. It's good. Which like is that. pretty, pretty badass. But yes. then I was like, you know, maybe I'll do the, um, what's it called? Where's, where's my other J Bell toll intro here? Dave, do you ever feel any pressure with the intros? Cause everybody tells you how good you are. Do you, are you He's very like, oh, good? Man, I'm very impressed. <laughs> um, no, I mean, not really. I, I just, I just stalk way too. Yeah. I just, yeah, I stalk <laughs> really uh, hard on their profiles and then I just try to be really stupid with it. But their accolades, I just read that off, and then I just try to connect it however I can. So, um, but again, your accolades speak for themselves, man. Doing awesome stuff at Fantasy Pros, and your every single time I go to your page, it's always one new thing being added there. Trying, can you give man. us? Yeah, can you give us like a just? I, I feel like you you're one of those people that's grinded so hard to get to where you're at, and you're 
kind of being the envy of people that are joining the space, being able to see how hard you work. Can you talk about the process where you got to where you're at? It's one step at a time. And it's, it's really, it's not only, I try never to say no. Sometimes you certainly have to, but it's asking for more and, and, you know, being open and, you know, get involved in something and you say, you know, this, this assignment's great, but what else can I do for you? And, and I think that those are the types of things that go a long way in the space you know, accountability, um, being responsible, especially with fantasy pro stuff, there's deadlines on everything that I'm writing. So delivering on those deadlines and knowing that people can go to you with that, that accountability, I think goes a long way. So it's really just, you know, it's you, you take one day, one step at a time. And that's really the key. Everybody kind of has an endpoint in mind where they want to get to. And it's just a little bit at a time. And you just you can't get up there overnight. And, and that's the reality of the way this is. Um, so it's just continue to improve a little bit better every day. And be as great a community guy as this man is. He's a very well-liked and positive man in the community. And this was the, the button I was going to press for you. Anytime, Jeff. Anytime. David, this is why we're getting copyright flags on YouTube over here. <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. And my uh, girls like that type of music. I, I usually go for it more towards that the Hell's Bells, uh, that bell tolling. I really appreciate that. So, well, whatever way we go with the with the bell music, very pumped to have you on tonight, man. We've got a big show. We've got the AFC East preview. The Triple Play Fantasy Division previews, of course, are here and they're spectacular. And we're going through all eight divisions in the NFL to check out the fantasy relevant players for every division. Today, obviously, being the AFC East. We'll be looking at some rising and falling stars, rookie impacts, players to keep a sharp eye on at the end of your drafts, and more. So make sure you stay tuned for all of that. After we'll go to our question of the week that Brad told me in a group chat today, but I forgot to put it in my script. So he'll keep it as a surprise for everybody else. And as always, we have our game revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then I'm not ready, David. <laughs> man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! Kind of music we were uh, we were looking to get us pumped up there, Jeff. That worked. That's great. All right, love it. Well, we got to talk some news and notes. Luckily, it's kind of a dead time, so there's not too much to get through. But we got to talk about some of the headlines here. As the Aaron Rodgers holdout continues, Jordan Love is prepping as he'll be starting Week One. There's been team. There's been reports that Team Brass didn't think he was particularly close to being ready to start last year, but he's kind of looked a little bit better recently in camp, and he's 100% confident he could start Week One if asked. He's quoted as saying, obviously, this is a time where I'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps that I might not have been getting in a normal circumstance. So I'm just taking it day by day. But yeah, that's what I'm here for. I was drafted here to play quarterback, so I'll be ready for week one. Mr. Bell, is Jordan Love the week one quarterback for Green Bay? Yes, Jordan Love will be the week one quarterback for Green Bay. Um, the Aaron Rodgers time is done. I think they're going to slow play it, and they're not going to give him any time in camp with another team. They're going to trade him right right when the season starts, and I, I think that's the move that's going to happen. Um, I think they want to see what they've got with Jordan Love through the summer, through the preseason, and that's kind of going to dictate what they're expecting with Rodgers back. You know, this is a team that we've saw we've seen them in the NFC title game the last two years. Unsure how good they would be without Rodgers. Certainly probably not there. But at the same time, they probably think that they've got a, a roster that's capable of competing for championships. And so if Jordan Love proves it this summer, I would expect that they would look more towards veterans or more towards players that can help them in the Aaron Rodgers trade package. Whereas if Jordan Love just this, this summer goes very bad, then I would expect that they're going to load up on draft picks and position themselves for a quarterback next year in the draft. Brad, Adam Schefter came out and said this would be one of the worst teams in the NFL if Aaron Rodgers is not on their team. Is that accurate? I I think it is, actually. I, I was going to ask Jeff, actually, after after he said what he said, you know, if Jordan Love were to start, where would you say the weakness on this team 
is? Like, where does that lie? Because to me, Aaron Rodgers makes everything on the offense go. And outside of, you know, Devontae Adams and, you know, Aaron Jones, I think there's a lot of holes where Aaron Rodgers really provides a premium over a lot of quarterbacks. So I'm curious where you think their holes are. Everywhere. I think you're exactly right. It's really this roster is not very athletic. And I feel feel like we've seen that in the playoffs the last couple of years. We definitely saw that two years ago against San Francisco. They, and again, against the, the Tampa Bay, you know, they Kevin King got abused on the corner. And I just think that overall Rogers patches so many things in this. There really is a lot of holes. It's it's hard. I don't know that I necessarily agree with their team building approach because they, the way they just ignore free agency, it just seems wild to me that you're just going to ignore an avenue for improvement, but that's what the Steelers do. And that's what they do. And I think both of both of these franchises have gotten by for a long time, just riding their franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, goodness, Green Bay has had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for like extraordinary. What's it been like the last like 40 years between the two of them or something? But that's like, like if they're, if they're, the GMs, the way that they're running this team, it's like if you know that Aaron Rodgers is is really catapulting you up into the the point where you can contend to a Super Bowl, why won't you succumb to saying like, okay, let's put some more talent around him because eventually Jordan Love is going to have to take over. That's why we drafted him in the first round. Like, I don't understand why that why they're making the the choices they're making when it comes to adding talent to their team. It's an ego thing. Ego. Exactly. You're exactly right. You know, you, you get up to that level and there's certainly ego that plays into it. And I think it's the type of thing where Rogers is viewing it all as himself and, and maybe rightfully so. And Green Bay is saying, well, we've put all the pieces around you right now. And you, you think they don't think that Aaron Rodgers is that good then? I think they think that Aaron Rodgers is very good, but I think they want to prove him wrong. I, I've, heard people, call him, I've heard people call him Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I think someone had a hot take that Jordan Love was going to start last year. I was just a year off. <laughs> there you go. Let's get to. There's a lot, a couple of news I, was, I want to get to here. Le'Veon Bell, who, uh, who who Doc goes Bell Sprout. I think is that what you call him, right? Uh, yeah. He said he wants to continue his playing career in 2021, but he's not exactly endearing himself to teams that might be interested in his service services. He commented on a recent Instagram post, basically bashing Andy Reid, saying he would never play for Coach again. He'd rather Good. retire. <laughs> so this is slander to us Chiefs fans who didn't want him on our team anyway. He came out and did say everything positive about the organization, the city, the team, best locker room he's ever been in, just said the coach, not his, not obviously he didn't play in the AFC championship or the Super Bowl. So I guess I can understand he's frustrated. Wasn't exactly incredible. He had 63 carries for 254 yards last year, uh, 13 catches for 99 yards and through the air. He's he's just a guy. He's a jag at this point. Uh, Eric, let's go to you first. Is Le'Veon Bell worth adding to any team this year for the upcoming season? I don't think he signs before the season starts, but kind of like we're seeing with baseball and what we saw with football last year, just seems there's injuries at an increased level that we've never really seen before, especially for the running back position where you're probably hit more often than any other position that's not a lineman. So I think he's not going to begin the year on a roster, but if Carolina's in contention and Christian McCaffrey goes down or the team's back up and he wants to go to a contender, I'll see I can see him signing by week four, week five. He'd be perfect on Washington. Oh, don't tell that to Antonio Gibson fans. Oh God, you give him nightmares. John, do you agree? Well, I just want more details from what he doesn't like about Andy Reid because I'm. Is it I'm the gimmicky it. offense? <laughs> yeah, it, is it? Yeah, is it like the gimmicky offense? Is it they almost want to run the ball with Travis Kelsey instead of a running back? Is it? What is it exactly <laughs> about Andy Reid that rubs him a, a, the wrong way? I would love to hear more detail. Jeff, would you like him in the Bills' backfield? They looks like they don't really know what they're doing back there. I wanted him last year when it looked like it was between Buffalo and Kansas City. I was hoping for him then, but I, I just think he's washed, man. You know, I, I hope the best for him and if he gets it back together. But it, I don't know if the XFL's around or the A, whatever. But I think that, that maybe we need to see him actually do something on a football field before we start buying XFL. in just on the name. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting him in the XFL, man. I don't know, man. I think he's done. I just do. He, I saw last year, he didn't have any burst at all. Whatever happened know. with that fan controlled football league that I watched Johnny Manziel was in? Week. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, I watched that for like a that. week. Oh god, that's a throwback. I forgot about that. I bet it did have good ratings though when we were watching it. I, yeah, like I swear, like Twitter was just packed with people call, trying to call plays. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> like all a these te- leagues though, it's like week one they smash in ratings, and then week two nobody watches because everybody realizes, yeah. <laughs> okay, this isn't like this is not what we expected. The, the they should just do what the Washington football team did like ten years ago when they had Willie Parker, Larry Johnson, and Clinton Portis, a three headed monster of running backs past their prime. You mean Le'Veon Bell? Sounds like the and Texans. All- yeah, Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and one more. Yeah, Adam DeHuston. In all, in all seriousness, yeah. I really don't think Le'Veon Bell's done. Like, I think he's got plenty of ghosts still in him. Like, I don't think holding out a year hurts you more than it, you know, helps you. I, I honestly think he's got fresher legs. He was used as like a – he'd get like a first down carry in the at the in the Chiefs offense, and that's pretty much it. Like, he, it's not like he was a – they were kind of – uh, uh, using a, a three-man a three three-man rotation there with with Ceh and and Williams and Robinson and all you know Kelsey pretty much like if he got a chance to go to a team like Washington where he could be you know a, an upgrade from J D McKissick you know doing more of the things that he was doing hey, with Pittsburgh that's I think he's PBR got a lot of... hero J D McKissick to you <laughs> but exactly like would you rather have J D McKissick or or Le'Veon Bell doing what J D McKissick was doing Antonio like, Gibson. I, I honestly, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I just don't. I think with that turf toe, and I think they're trying to use him more as a running back. I think they're. I think he's going to have a similar role to what he had last year, to be honest. But we'll see. I feel like bringing Curtis Samuel in. I know Curtis Samuel doesn't didn't really love the role that he was in Carolina last year, where they used yeah. him out of the backfield a bit. But he just gives you so much more than. J.D. McKissick would. And Diami Brown, everything that I've heard about him, he's yeah, been great man. at practice. So, I mean, you just run the three wide receiver sets and you kind of get creative with Curtis Samuel's usage, something that we've seen from him in the past. That's kind of the way I would lean with using those weapons in Washington. Oh, there's a That's hot fair. That's fair. He is more burst than Bell. I wouldn't do doubt you it. Think, um, do you think uh, Fitzpatrick gets more than eight games at quarterback starter this year? I would, I would think so. The yeah. wheels would really have to fall off. As a Bills fan, I've seen the wheels fall off, and I've seen what yeah. happens in the fourth quarter. And Heineke was great. And I know Rivera exactly. really loves Heineke. And, and so I kind of thought it would be a little bit more of an open competition this summer, but it does kind of seem like it's all Fitzpatrick's no. team. But They said it's an open competition. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, no, I, I know that got, Rivera was no. raving about Heineke at the end of last year. And it's not, Fitzpatrick's time for no guaranteed money. We're taught this is becoming an NFC East podcast, so we'll, let's transition to the uh, last little bit of news here. Todd Gurley visited with the Ravens. He was held just to three and a half yards per carry with the Falcons last year, 25 catches, 164 yards. I was going to ask you guys where he's signing, and he's going to break everybody's heart, but I think everybody's at this point doesn't know where he's going. So let's, let's, uh, let's not ruin anybody's night by trying to predict where he's going. And let's go to the last bit of news I want to cover. And that's Jamison Crowder, who when I originally put the notes in, looked like he was going to be cut. The Jets wanted to reduce his salary by at least 50%. They obviously wouldn't be uh, – It's he's due to make non-guaranteed $10 million this year. They would have to pay him a maximum of $5 million instead if they did cut him. So there wasn't really much incentive to keep him, especially with all the pass catchers they have, and you have Elijah Moore able to slot in there. But they came out today and they agreed to a restructured contract, which breaks the hearts of – all the Elijah Moore truthers out there, potentially. Jeff, I'll just have you touch on this before we get started with the AFC East here. Does this affect any feelings you had about Elijah Moore, or is this kind of, don't worry about it? His price might be a little bit better to get in on. I, I think that somebody, he's the guy that out of that group that I think can emerge as the number one wide receiver, and especially for fantasy purposes. So maybe it becomes a better entry point. Well said. I agree. How uh, disrespectful is it to ask somebody to cut their salary in half? I've, I've thought the same thing. Imagine also, your boss was coming to you. Hey, you're going to do the same job, but we're just hey, going to cut your salary in half. The school, comes, the school comes to David and says, we want to buy a couple more books. Can you cut your salary in half? Like, <laughs> no, that hurt. I also saw that they were like, the Jets are $26 million under the cap and if you count carryover money. So it's not even like they're, they're going to have to pay some luxury tax or something like that. They have the money. They just want to give it to somebody else next year. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I can't. Mod- There's some comments that don't come in that I, I just see pop up. Someone said uh, Elijah Moore is already a Hall of Famer, right, Jeff? <laughs> Absolutely. Apparently. I don't know. That's some, some uh, people believe it. Corey I put David. some hate on him in my Jets review. 
it's still and it, I feel it, like that sounds like Kevin or a Christian that would have said that. Could have been one of them for sure. Um, but yeah, that we'll see what happens. It is interesting though, because even with the five million, they made the point to say that's probably more than he was gonna get if he was cut and had to sign somewhere else. So at the end of the day, he didn't really have any leverage. So he was their number one receiver last year. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? And he's probably gonna be he's probably gonna be in the slot this year. He's it's the Jets. Interesting team to watch, and we'll talk about them more as we get into the division previews here. But if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. If you want to hear more triple play, great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and basketball show you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying this content, how about hooking the boys up with a five-star rating and review to support the show? Check us out on all our social media at Triple Fantasy and our website, TripleFantasy.com. There's tons of articles, videos, podcasts, tons of mini YouTube series that don't make it to the podcast. We're talking about movie minutes with the two gentlemen. Uh, they're all over the place on the screen, but uh, the Mr. Bradstreet, Domus, and Johnny Foosball do those. We have Fantasy 15s. The, the boys, Mr. Kevin Coleman's a, a big fixture in those. We've got the Fantasy Foodies. There's so much great content you got to check out on the YouTube. It, it's too much to list right here. Don't want to keep you guys all night, but remember, if you're looking for a podcast that offers you the full coverage, and I'm looking at you, Fox and CNN, then look no further than this podcast right here, because I'm telling you, it just might change your life. And if you're watching the live version, again, we're not going to go anywhere, but if you're on the podcast, we've got to pay our bills. So we'll jump into the AFC East preview right after this quick break. All right. Johnny, AFC- I watched uh, Mitchell versus the Machines again. You guys, you, done movie you guys gotta actually yeah, pick one and do it. <laughs> We're doing it. We We're already picked one, dude. We're gonna do it tomorrow. Okay, gotcha. All right, so AFC Bossy, East. Man, gosh. Sorry, sorry. Jeff, Jeff is making me feel all high and mighty right now. He's he's uh he's professional looking, <laughs> he's tough looking, he's successful. I just want to emulate what he's the vibe he's bringing right now. I don't know. You're bringing the professionalism, Mandy. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, let's let's talk about the AFC East Division preview. Let's start off with the quarterback position, and we're gonna go to Mr. Josh Allen, QB one last year, twenty five point three points per game. He was QB two uh, as far as you took the average for quarterbacks to play at least ten games. He had an MVP caliber season. Ended up again as QB one overall in fantasy. 4,500 passing yards, a 69% nice completion rate, 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He still ran the same amount last year, but the rushing yards went down nearly 100 yards from the previous year. Still scored eight rushing touchdowns, and six times he scored 30 or more fantasy points. Right now, he's the consensus number two quarterback off the board. Mr. Bell, Mr. Bill's Mafia member. How are we feeling about Josh Allen? Is there some regression coming? Are you like, you know what, this is right where he needs to be? What should the people know about Josh Allen? I think it's right where it needs to be. Not to jump ahead a little bit, but he might be the best running back in the um, division as well. But, you know, he's he's my number two quarterback. I think that um, certainly I try to remove any homerism, but what we saw last year, the performance last year, bringing Brian Dable back, I think is a pretty big deal. They fortified that offensive line a little bit through the draft, brought all the receiving options back, added Emmanuel Sanders, did not add a running back. And so I think in that regard, he's right where we would think he was going to be. And I think we're going to, you know, I think between the two of us, we are in for a decade of head to head between your guy, Patrick Mahomes and my guy, Josh Allen. I just had that feeling. Oh man. So AFC championship previews every single year. We thinking, I don't know. We got to beat you one of these times though, because if we <laughs> trade away Mahomes and we lose to him for a decade, I just, it's going to be, I'm going to be shattered a million pieces. By I that totally way. forgot it. Yeah. You were got, you were our trade partner. You were. And that's where, and that's where, you know, I'm very thankful of what we've seen from Josh Allen because being a bills fan, especially for the past 20 years, it would have been our luck that we traded him away and we would have taken Josh Rosen and we would be just cycling through quarterbacks while we see Patrick Mahomes rack up five Super Bowl championships. But, you know, we're in a good spot. Uh, I feel like we're getting uh, ahead of ourselves on this Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I, I know. Welcome I'll welcome it. Where would he be without his offensive coordinator? He would be Geno Smith. <laughs> man, man. This is the type of environment I have to deal with, Jeff. They're haters. They're haters. That, that is absolutely hate. I can't believe that. They call this him guy gimmicky. throws one screen pass to Travis Kelsey for a touchdown and all of a sudden is on the cover of Madden 22 as a goat. <laughs> it's insane to me. But he wasn't looking when he threw it, so. 
That video is crazy that he won one Super Bowl and everybody's like, yeah, is he the GOAT? Doc, I want to go to you real quick and then we'll move on. You were the one on this panel when we did our first rankings last year. You were the biggest believer in the jump from Josh Allen because everybody had his, his obviously he was inaccurate last year. And if people say if he doesn't improve his accuracy, he's going to be a rushing quarterback, but there's not going to be much else there. You thought that the accuracy was going to go up. I did some, but not as much as you did. Are you how are you feeling about Josh Allen? Do you think he stays up as a top two or three quarterback? Does he regress to maybe five or six? I don't know if he's number two because I think Lamar bounces back and I think Kyler Murray has a great year, but I think he's for sure a top four lock. I think Stefan Diggs was the number one receiver he finally needed. I love the addition of Emmanuel Sanders, and I figured his rushing stats would go down in terms of yards, but when they're in the red zone, he's always a threat to run it in. And I think that's no, just his style of play. So I don't no think Justin, that's something you're no, going to change. No Justin Fields, no Cam Newton, no no Zach Wilson. No, no Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, well, let's, let's talk about, Doc, I'll stay with you. Let's talk about those Miami Dolphins uh, who have Tua Tagovailoa at the home, at the helm. And good thing I don't have to say his name every day. You mispronounced Holm, but not his name? <laughs> no. You mispronounced uh, Helm? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with me. QB 32 last year, 14 points per game over 10 games. He was quarterback 27 in terms of average. Nine starts, he threw just 11 touchdowns. He was recovering from a hip injury, no OTAs to adjust to the NFL. So a lot is being expected of him in year two with the significant weapons that he added, of course, that we'll get into a little bit later. He's right now the 20th quarterback off the board. Doc, is Tua Tagovailoa, obviously in a one-quarterback league, he will probably not be drafted or maybe at the last pick or something. But in super flex leagues or two QB leagues, do you have appeal for him as the second guy on your squad? I do. And, you know, we talk about the pass catchers. I think they've really improved them. Obviously, they won't have Will Fuller for week one. But I think, you know, with Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Asicki, they're giving him all the help uh, that he Preston needs. Preston Williams is there, too. Uh, Preston Williams' season is done. What about um, what about the offensive weapon, Lynn Bowden Jr.? Yeah, Lynn Bowden Jr. Swiss, Swiss Army Knife, Lynn Bowden Jr. They have a great defense. And I think we have expectations based on what we saw Burrow do pre-injury, Justin Herbert. We, I think we have to realize like rookies sometimes take their time. But Aaron Rodgers didn't play the first year. Patrick Holmes didn't play the first year. If they did and they had a bad, you know, two or three game stretch, I think we'd be saying the same thing and we'd look foolish. He was six and three. So I think we, we don't look at the record as much. We look at the stats um, I will say it's interesting that Jacoby Brissett is the backup. I'm a Jacoby Brissett fan, so I don't think the leash for Tua is as long as everybody thinks it is. He's going to be the Fitzpatrick and just come in for relief if Tua's struggling. Jo- Jacoby Brissett is probably the most slept-on quarterback in the league. That's that's what he did for the Colts because Philip Rivers couldn't throw a Hail Mary more than 50 <laughs> oh, yeah. yards. I don't worry. He's going to be a Taysom Hill. I think that... We saw that a little bit with the Colts, and I and I worry in the red zone that they're going to put him in and Taysom Hill at quarterback and use that package that way. They Jacoby, can we stop comparing people to Taysom Hill? Like Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, Taysom he's not Hill. even. He's not, well, but athletically, he's nowhere near Taysom Hill. But they, they you know, he's still to a little him. too high for that, though. Like they, they yeah. drafted to a little too high to, it, to in his second year be putting Jacoby Brissett in for him. Like they he, he see also is the goal line back for the Colts last year. Well, like that's my point. one yard one yeah. yard sneak touchdowns. That's my point. You know, he's the, put him in as a goal line back because when you're down there, it's math. It's math football. It's hat on a hat. And if you can have a running quarterback, you change the equation. No, I agree. Um, but I want to talk about running quarterbacks for a second. Brad, I'm going to get your thoughts on him, but this is not, I know this isn't the team that you did. Let's talk about the Colts. Or not the Colts. I'm sorry. Let's talk about the Pats. You got Cam Newton, and you got Mac Jones, Mac Daddy. Uh, what was his other nickname? It was... Um, Macaroni. It was... Okay, someone Mac said... It something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Macklemore. <laughs> I think that might have been it. Uh, QB- hey, Macklemore, can we throw interceptions? <laughs> he was QB 16 last year, Cam Newton, at 17.9 points per game. He saw 25 red zone carries last year and scored 12 rushing touchdowns. But a key stat here, he was QB 7 uh, going into week 4 before he contracted COVID. So Brad was on this panel he had Cam Newton as a top, I believe, top 10 quarterback last year and was kind of riding that for the beginning part of the year. 
The upside is there. When, for you, yeah, when you close that down, he was correct. Yeah. <laughs> he had the uh, rushing floor, obviously, but Mac Jones coming in 45 touchdowns, four interceptions, his senior year at Alabama, 77% completion percentage. John, when does Mac or does he ever take over for Cam Newton in 2021? I, I think the- we see, we see him sooner rather than later. What, when is their game against the Buccaneers? Cause I, I would, if it's like early in the season, I would err on the side and they wait till after. I think this is Jimmy French. Thank you, because that's what I that was what I was trying to remember. McCorkle. <laughs> but I've also I've also been seeing stories. Cam's hand is messed up in camp already. He's already looking worse than Mac Jones. So I do think Mac Jones uh, comes much sooner rather than later. And I I, I really should have looked up when they play the Buccaneers because I I think they would want to wait till after Brady comes to town to uh, put his successor on the field. (laughs) That's a good idea, actually. Jared Stidham was better than Mac Jones the other day in practice. Just saying. That's a good point. And I think he didn't he come out with a quote today and said something like, "I'm I'm I'm the starter, or I expect to be." If Jared Stidham had trouble beating out Brian Hoyer, I don't think he's beating out Cam or Mac Jones even. (laughs) I don't know, but maybe (laughs) Mac Jones isn't that good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah is he I think, go ahead Brad. Oh, my, no go ahead Dave. my bad no as i say i think it's interesting because bill belichick took him obviously bill belichick makes the moves and this is going to be kind of they've been waiting for his successor for a while from the draft to successor so i think this well, is i think be they moves. drafted two or three successors and he just outlasted them <laughs> well i mean if you look at it like what was stidham like a fourth round pick and like, like yeah, but they had Garoppolo, they had Brissett, who were all supposed to take over allegedly until he just ageless wonder over there. You guys want a fun conspiracy theory? Let's hear it. What if Belichick is a terrible coach and it was all Brady? Because you look back at Belichick's <laughs> history, he cheated a whole bunch, he ran off oh. a bunch of talented players. And what if Brady was just that good that got covered for him and he's just made 20 years out of not being a great coach and writing Brady? I got to be honest. Bob Brady didn't would... stop that Rams defense in the Super Bowl, so that that's sort of where the the okay. argument goes away. Jeff, <laughs> I want you to start. I want you to start phrasing that as a hot take, as opposed yeah. to like what a conspiracy. I'm just saying, it's, it's much it's much more powerful if you just say he's yeah, a fraud. Yeah, okay. I don't know, but I don't know if that's really my brand. I, <laughs> well, I like, it's, it's better. It's better to not even preface it. Just here. just go out and say it. He's he's a fraud. Aaron Rodgers is a fraud. Fraud <laughs> a lot of things out on this episode. Uh, but Brad, real quick, give us like a thirty. Is Cam Newton going to bounce back this year? Or, or this you were the Cam Newton guy before. I was. Um, I think I've come down to the side of he's closer to done. Um, I at the end of the day, I think he's going to start and he's going to start the whole year. I think you know they're going to want to ease Mac Jones into things, get him a whole camp. Hopefully, you know next year things will be closer to normal. He can have a, a you know a better camp than he'll, he'll have this year. Um, I honestly just, I think they haven't, they haven't decided that they're ready to to take that bridge. Cam's a bridge quarterback. He was always going to be a bridge quarterback. And, and to and I look, ahead, looked it up. Oh, I just looked it up. Week four, the Pats play the Buccaneers. Week five, Mac Jones is starting. Yeah. They wouldn't put that pressure on him. <laughs> exactly. That's that's too much. Yeah, you want to when you invest that high in a quarterback, you want to make sure that. You know, they're in the best situation possible, and I don't think that's going to be this year. Let's talk about the finish up quarterbacks here. Let's talk about a quarterback that's starting for Was that 30 seconds? No, that was pretty close. I, I'll give you that. Well, I cut that. you off, so. Yeah, I was going to say without Don, <laughs> I think it was about 30 seconds. So coming off Zach Wilson's junior year, 73.5% completion percentage, 3,700 yards, 33 touchdowns, three picks. Brad, we'll wrap this up real quick. Are you expecting potential – rosterable QB numbers from Zach Wilson in 2021? So I've got him as my QB 15 this year. And, you know, Mm. I'd be fine rolling him out as QB one if he slips to me in like the seventh or eighth round. Um, I didn't know quite what to make of Wilson coming out of the draft. I was told before the season, you know, the QBs I needed to watch out for were Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. And by the middle of the season, Zach Wilson vaulted out of nowhere into like this elite QB prospect conversation. You know, I can't make the argument that he didn't play anyone because I love Trey Lance. I can't make the argument that he doesn't have the skills in terms of arm strength and accuracy and athleticism. So I can't really describe why I don't think he'll be any good. Like, it's just in my gut. But probably, you know, some sort of, like, BYU prejudice I have. I don't know. But if I'm being honest, like, the only reason Wilson would be bad 
is because he plays for the Jets. And if Baker can turn around the Browns, then Wilson can do the same for the Jets. And I, I honestly, I think he's got all the tools and he has a, enough of a, a team around him that he can finish as a, a top 15 fantasy QB this year. I think, I like you know, that. it's going to it's gonna be similar to like Joe Burrow last year where like if he didn't get hurt, he would have been top 15 quarterback. Like he just has all the tools. I think right. he can make stuff happen. Like I think he's a talented dude. Got to acknowledge our guy, Toby, the graphics God, checking in. The one we see behind you. That's that's our guy there. Um, so let's move to the running back position. And we'll, we'll see if we can go a little quicker on the running backs here. Jeff, you got a mess on your hands in your backfield. You got Devin Singletary. You got Zach Moss. You got Matt Breida, who's good for one or two games out of nowhere every single year. You got Taiwan Jones, the converted cornerback. You have Devin Slater, great. Yeah. We have Josh <laughs> Allen. What, Josh what Allen, do we yeah. need? You got no. uh, Devin you know, Singletary. I have a quarter, or running back. I don't know. You know, Zach Moss is the guy that I put the most hope on just because we haven't seen him fully fail. You know, he was hurt last year, and there was some underlying stats that some people like. Devin Singletary, I think he can make some guys miss, but he just doesn't have anything when he hits the next level, and he just gets run down at the NFL level. So – I'm not optimism optimistic that you're really going to see much of anything other than what we saw last year, where there's just a little bit of a committee and Josh Allen taking a lot of valuable carries away. Are you drafting either of these guys on any of your teams? You know, I have grabbed some just because of where there's ending up in drafts. So I, I tend to skew toward more towards zero running back, especially in a uh, dynasty startup. And so they are ending up in places where I desperately need to take a running back. Um, but other than that, in a redraft, I don't know that I'd really go there unless the value's right. Yeah, they definitely do slip. Last year, they were RB37 and RB43, separated by 0.1 points per game, and they're right now going as RB36 and RB38. So yeah. definitely can get them if you believe one of them will take off if you're going zero running back and grab one of them later on. Doc, let's go back to you. Let's talk about the Dolphins. Miles Gaskin heads that backfield. You got Malcolm Brown, the blocker extraordinaire, the te- the guy that every coach seems to love, goal line work, uh, pesky enough where you kind of worry about him a little bit. And you got Savan Ahmed, who filled in pretty admirably for Miles Gaskin, but Gaskin ended up being the guy. Gaskin was RB28 in PPR, 16.4 points per game, and he would have been RB10 um, for if you basically only count running backs that played at least 10 games last year. So how do you feel about Miles Gaskin? Are you drafting right now? He's RB27. Remember when Jordan Howard signed and stole like, he had like six carries for eight yards and four touchdowns. Just (laughs) wanted to reminisce on that. I'm not as high on Miles Gaskins as the consensus. I think he is the best receiving back on that team. He had 41 catches in 10 games, but he only had 4.1 yards per carry and found the end zone three times. Actually like Ahmed as a, as a deep flyer, uh, he had 319 yards on the ground, 4.3 yards per carry, uh, 23 carry, 122 yards against the Patriots. I don't think that there's anyone that's the bona fide starter, so I'd rather pick someone that has a better value at this point. Question, and would you guys go Bills running backs or Jets running backs? Bills. Bills. I, I know we'll get I'll to I'll wait him. to hear Brad's argument. I know we'll get to. We I go Jets go probably just the, the unknown. You I, know, I like Michael, Michael Carter. Carter or, I like Ty is Johnson it, too. To be honest, is the question that I have to take both of the running backs? I think you said you just take their whole backfield. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I think Bills. Okay. You don't want to, you don't want to take the turn. I like <laughs> I like the I like um, the Jets running back. I I have him in my top twenty five actually. All right. Well, we'll get to, we'll talk more about this stuff later on. Let's Hold talk. On. About- hey Jeff, Jeff, what do you what do you think about this? This goober here, he says he's 0 for 2 in zero running backs. It doesn't work. I'm a, I am like to take a bunch of running. I take a running back my first three or four rounds. I'm kind of on his side, but I'm a bad drafter. That's why I need to take those running backs. How do you feel? In, so this this year's kind of forces you to take two running backs, I feel like, at the top because that's what everybody else is going to do, so you can still get very good players in the third round. I tend to like to do the anchor running back is, is the – 
term I use for it, where you use your first round pick, you get a top running back, and then you're kind of plugging that second running back spot and you're loaded in the rest of your roster. That's usually a redraft way I like to approach my team. It's mm-hmm. good. That's a, good thoughts there. Let's yeah, talk about the Patriots backfield. And I hope Nicole's not around you, John, because it's a, it's a mess back there too. <laughs> no, no, I I gotta say this. Everybody always says it's a mess, but this is one of the most clear cut years for Patriots running backs, I think, in a long time. Well, you can yeah, you can elaborate. Right now, we got that's Damian Harris, take Johnny, Sony Michelle, James White, and then the mystery that's I, I've seen it as a ton of people in the industry talking about Ramondre Stevenson, uh, somebody that they're trying to get at the end of every single draft they're in. James White was RB forty two. You have Damian uh, Harris was RB53. Sonny Michelle was RB61 last year. That is absolutely disgusting. But Damian Harris did have 137 carries and average five yards per carry last year. Uh, are you on the Stevenson train? Do you like Damian Harris? John, so I, with this. I'm on the Damian Harris as the, the number one back out of New England this year. And I actually think he has some fringe uh you know rb1 upside i mean they've given up on sony michelle they got rid of rex burkut james white is kind of a a shell of his former self you know so he's not really even going to be in the mix there trent brown's back david andrews is healthy the only running back like you said i'm a little scared of is ramondre stevenson but that's still only in my opinion sort of some third down carries and some other light duties is damian harris's team for the first time in a while it's very clear who's going to get all the carries out of new england uh, it's interesting with Ramondre Stevenson and, and Jeff, I'd love to hear your thoughts on him as well. Cause he's like, if me and Jeff combined together in one human, uh, he's one powerful being. He's a big dude. Yeah. He's a big guy. Um, you know, I, I really liked him in the pre-draft process, just the size he pro- is able to project into an every down back. I would be surprised if they use him very much this year. I, I do think that it's going to be tend to be Damian Harris. I'm not ready to write, write off James white yet. I would have to think that he was, unless the entire rest of the league with no interest whatsoever. And and frankly, I'm kind of surprised he didn't end up in Tampa Bay, but I would guess that he heard what he wanted to hear in order to come back. If Cam's the quarterback, Cam's going to be stealing carries. I'm not convinced that they're not going to give Jonu Smith some carries. And so I think that there is might be a little bit more crowded than what people might realize. Jonu Smith with the carries. I like that. I like the call. You've done it before. That's true. Let's go to you. I'm intrigued with this Jets backfield. You got Tevin Coleman, who's listed as the starter right now. You got Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, who I absolutely love, and Michael Pirine. And I don't even want to talk about, I didn't even bother looking up where all these guys finished last year because it was not even worth bringing up. But can you tell us who you think emerges from this backfield if anybody actually intrigues you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Michael Carter Jr., actually, I've got him projected as RB24. And that's a lot higher than the the 40 to 50 range that I've seen him in. Um, I, I love Carter Jr. The dude's 5'8". He's a bowling ball. He's a beast at North Carolina. He could break tackles with the best of them. Everything I've been hearing about him has him getting first-team reps. So I know Tevin Campbell's listed as as first the first stringer, but I think when the season gets to rolling around, they're going to go with Carter Jr. Um, I anticipate they'll go to the running game a lot with a rookie QB. So he'll get his touches, and he's not my highest rookie our running back rated this year. I think that belongs to Najee Harris, but I've got him projected as RB24, and I think the Jets have a, a formidable team. I, they're not going to be playoff contenders, but they're going to win some games. I don't think they're going to be laughing stocks, and that's going to be better for the game script of the Jets as well. They're going to be able to run the ball more. So I think Carter Jr. has a real shot to be RB20, top 25 RB this year. I- I agree. Uh, I'll, I'll add one thing. Emery Hunt, who's a very respected running back uh, analyzer who does stuff with CBS, had him actually as his number two running back in this class behind Najee Harris. Oh. And uh, he talked about how much he loved his game. This was before like he got that. drafted. Hey, did he steal that from Brad? He might have. He <laughs> I might don't have. know, but uh, he's he's in an envious situation where he has the backfield to himself pretty much if he can emerge. And he's a similar size as CEH and MJD. Uh, he's right in that same class as far as being five seven, five eight in the low two hundred pounds. He's quick. He can catch. He's elusive. The only concerns is that he right now kind of looks like he's more of a perimeter ball carrier than a between the tackles guy, and he's not exactly physical enough. So uh, keep an eye on nah, him. He's, he's also one of the it. guys. Right, if we draft together, we might be fighting for him because yeah, I don't know. We really will. Like I, I'd reach to go get Carter Jr. I think he's a really talented back, and if he's 
you know, if we're talking dynasty, like he's even higher on my draft board. Like he's, I think he's going to be the back of the future for this team, especially if Zach Wilson works out. So we'll see. All right, let's let's finish up. We got to cram a lot in less than twenty ish minutes. So let's let's get this grind in here. Jeff, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Dawson Knox. A lot of pass catchers there. You got Stefan Diggs, who's wide receiver three. He will also ranked wide receiver three last year. Diggs keep does Diggs follow up this year? And is there any other Bills receiver maybe outside Cole Beasley worth drafting? Uh maybe outside PPR. I know Cole Beasley's B- PPR gold. Uh, are you looking at any other guys? Diggs definitely follows up, and he's he's got unquestioned role in the offense. It's going to flow through him. Um, you know, I was really high on Beasley in PPR, but then I read the other day that Emmanuel Sanders is, is kind of like viewed as the number two wide receiver on the team, which surprised me because I thought he was more of a depth piece behind Beasley and Diggs. And I think that Gabriel Davis, he's just going to be bone robust. I was hoping he'd grow into a more prominent role, but it does kind of seem like he's just the deep threat. Yeah, I agree. He was everybody's breakout. I think every single person on Twitter was like, Gabe Davis, keep an eye out for him. Uh, It's disappointing that they brought in Sanders. Doc, I'm going back to you. Let's talk about the Dolphins and their depth that they have at the pass catching position. I was going to say dearth, but it doesn't make really much sense. So (laughs) Devontae Parker, Will Fuller the fifth, Jalen Waddell, my guy Preston Williams, Lynn Bowden Jr. You even got Jakeem Grant Sr., who is a DFS darling, Mike Gusecki. Help sort this out for us because last year, I'm looking at Devontae Parker at least in eight games with Tua. He only averaged seven targets, three and a half receptions, and 43 yards and only a quarter of a touchdown. Uh, wide receiver 40. Will Fuller was wide receiver eight in PPG before the suspension. And you got Waddle, who's an explosive back out of, or explosive receiver out of Bama that they had that connection with. Gasecki was tight end seven. Doc, help us out here. So, I figure Devontae Parker or Will Fuller gets hurt. Like those are probably two of the most injury prone wide receivers. So I think when one of them does go down, it is going to be Jalen Waddle. You talk about the Alabama connection. I think the Dolphins had bigger needs and the fact that they chose him with their first round pick or one of their first round picks, I think shows that they really believe in him and that they're going to want him to have a, a role. I mean, the Dolphins were close to making the playoffs last year. Like, they, they were in the running for a lot of it and just kind of faltered at the end. I don't think there's going to be one person that dominates. I think they're going to be a balanced team, but nobody is going to have that wide receiver week one or wide receiver each weekend, week out role. All right. John, back to you and those pesky Patriots. Your guy, Nelson Aguilar, former Raiders great, is now part of the team. Kendrick Bourne, <laughs> end zone, red zone machine. Nikhil Harry, get who he is now. Jacoby Myers, was, <laughs> Jacoby Myers was their number one last year, but they add in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, who are both ranked between 10 to 15 in points per game amongst tight ends last year in total points. The two huge acquisitions there for New England. Can you tell me if Aguilar is anything to repeat what he did last year around wide receiver 34? And which tight end are you trying to get for New England? Um, I mean, Aguilar sort of already showed he can be second fiddle to a tight end or a tight end offense uh, mm-hmm. in Oakland. But saying that, I think Jacoby Myers is still going to be their wide receiver one. He's just familiar with the playbook. He's already been there, I, it, you know, before it gets too complicated. So Johnny, I have him. Johnny, that? I read I read today that he's going to he looks like the wide receiver one. Mm. Are they stealing it from me? Who knows? You got people stealing yeah. stuff from Brad. You got people stealing stuff from me. <laughs> but between Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, I lean towards Hunter Henry uh, just out of a pure gut feeling almost at that point. Uh, you know, it's almost, you know, trying to split hairs, especially knowing that Bill Belichick is going to do the opposite of what I think anyway when it comes to a position where they just have like eight people. But um, with that, I'll go Myers, Henry. Aguilar, Smith, born afterthought. All right. I like it. Brad, finish this out for us. The Jets, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole, Jamison Crowder now will be in the fold. Denzel Mims, who God knows what you're getting from Denzel Mims, and Chris Herndon, who I was going to just say, don't even worry about him. But now with Adam Gase not there, watch him become what everybody thought he was going to be and watch him be the steal of the draft if you snag him, kind of like how, uh, um, uh, the tight end for Green Bay that can't think of his name. Uh, Robert Tunyon was kind of last yeah. year, like somebody that you can grab. I mean, he was tight end 33. 
So, Brad, help us out with this pass catching for the Jets here. Yeah, to be honest, I'm pretty down on the wide receiver depth chart. I, I think it'll be pretty good in terms of real-life talent, but in terms of fantasy, I think the ball is going to get spread around pretty evenly. Corey Davis is a huge upgrade at wide receiver one, but when he was on the Titans, he wasn't getting everyone's best corner, and he will be now. He's going to be the wide receiver one, so he's going to... Good point, Brad. Yeah, it's going to change a lot in terms of what he can actually, you know, do. So, um, you know, we've got, you know, I liked Mims a lot last year. I think he'll have a nice jump this year, but, you know, Crowder is also solid and he's always going to have my support as a former Washington player. Slot Crowder should have plenty of success, but he's the kind of guy I think you can pick up off the waiver wire. I have no idea what to make of Elijah Moore. I've only heard things, so we're going to have to wait and see where he fits. I never like to project injuries, but Chris Herndon is he's pretty safe to get injured, man. I I, <laughs> I just don't I don't want to mess with Chris Herndon. If I can pick him up off the waiver wire, I'll do that. But I'm he's probably not gonna be a draft pick of mine. Brad, if we caught you projecting an injury, who are you projecting some poutiness to? Because you don't do never. either. I'll, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. <laughs> injury is different. Who uh, what what emojis are these? I was trying to figure that out. Look like football helmets. Robot. I think it's robot robot. football helmets. I think it's robot. You'll have to (laughs) fill us in. uh, He might be roasting me about monotone voice because I don't know what those (laughs) are standing for there. But all right, let's. We got to move things along here. Let's get next to a triple play staple, and that is the question of the week. Don't you get us another YouTube strike, David? (laughs) (laughs) We are sponsored. By Monkey Knife Fight, Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit matched when you become a new user and you use that code. And if you're looking to win some cash, make sure you follow the Triple Play Monkey Knife Fight shows each weekend to give you a 10 to 15 minute lock or look up the gaming landscape and then give you their locks to help you win big. So, Brad, again, I did not put your question in there uh, because you put it in there earlier and I got okay. busy and I forgot to put it in. So what is our question this week? Quick. My, my question of the week experience. is who's going to have the most eye popping preseason this year? Jeff, you're the guest. So you got to lead it off for us. Trey Lance. You'll have that most- Boom. Boom. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, just for the interest of time, I only wanted Jeff to give his answer. So. That's oh, fair. okay. That's fair. Me out. <laughs> John, did you have did you have a good one? No, I was just gonna say it's gonna be some like third string running back who won't actually get any carries. It's gonna That's have my a fantastic guy. preseason. <laughs> Jared Patterson, Washington. I'm telling you right now, it's like the third slow week in a row. I mentioned I don't him. know. <laughs> he's slow. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, you've been on the Jared. If he becomes anything big, you are the only one I've seen like attached he's, to his I'm name. Telling you, he's gonna take carries from Peyton Barber, he's gonna take carries from JD McKissick. Jared Patterson's going to become a thing. Does J.D. McKissick carry the ball? Everything no, just did no. little, like, three-yard gallops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every once in a while. Doc, did Eric you have a good one? Have. Did you have a good one or no? I was going to say Trey Lance. Okay, so there we go. Let's move then to the last segment of the night, and that is going to be our game of the week. All right, I have I have 10, 10 players, and we're going to guess their Madden ratings. We're going to do a Price is Right <laughs> did they style. they those already? <laughs> no, no, this is for 2020. Yeah, 2020. Okay. So we're going to do a Price is Right style. If you get over, you don't get it. If you're under and closest, you get it. We might all not right, do all so, 10 just for the interest of time. We'll, we'll cut no, it off. No, no, yeah. I have I have 10 just in case. So we'll, okay. we'll start with five. All right. So first off, Tom Brady. Dave, we'll go to you first. This is at the end of the 2020 season? Yep. We're going to have Jimmy hopping in here, too. He's guessing 84. I'm going to go with 88. Johnny. 92. You all know video games love him. They put him on the cover. Eric. I was going to say 88, but I'm going to go 87. Jeff. I'll go 89. Johnny's the winner. It was 96. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. I know. I know. Madness. I right. like the time quarterbacks. Apparently not. All right. Jeff, we'll go to you first. Ryan Fitzpatrick. 76. Eric. 79. Johnny. 82. Dave. 
78. None of you get a point. It was 74. So oh. we all went over. Wow. And Jimmy was said with the 83. So he was all that's, two. That's why it's a that's why it's an open competition. All right, Dave. This one's not gonna be what you think, but Dave, I'm gonna give you a guess. You're gonna start first. Pat Mahomes. He was on the cover. No, that was Lamar Jackson. Listen, that's not gonna be what you think. He's not an I don't think he's a ninety nine anymore. I think he's a ninety eight. So I'll say ninety eight. Johnny. I guess I gotta go. Well, he's in a gimmick rating, he's at a hundred, but I guess (laughs) otherwise I'll go ninety seven. Eric. I think he was hobbled, so they probably dinged him a little bit. I'm going to go 95. Jeff. I'll go 96. The winner is Dave. He was a 99. I had to throw you off the scent. Wow. No, <laughs> you did throw us off the scent. Yeah, <laughs> I had to throw you off. <laughs> All right. Next up, this one's for Johnny. He's going to go first. Derek Carr. 84. No way. Eric. You saying that's 81. too high? Yes. You kidding 81. me, David? He- <laughs> Dave. I was going to say 81 since he said that I'll, I'll go 80. Jeff. 76. The answer is 83. 83. Oh, I went just over. Johnny, you were one over. Just over, Johnny. He had a fantastic year last year, to be honest. I mean, I see like, you, I'm a hard hater, but I'm right terrible at these games where you guess numbers. And just- you're <laughs> close. You, you've been pretty close, though. So, right, so we got a three-way tie for first at one. We're five through, and we got a three-way tie for first. Should I do one more or two more or three more? What one do you think? More. Let's just we'll do two, two more. more. Two one more. Break the tie. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Tua Tugavaloa. Jeff, you're first. 78. Johnny. 73. Eric. 75. Dave. Jimmy wanted two more. Well, this will be the one that settled if Jimmy wins. He go and he's going 82. There's no way he's that high. I'm gonna go. Did someone say 74? Nobody said that. All right, 74 it is. Johnny right on the money was 73. Wow. All right, that means we have to do one more. Oh, yeah, it's still a three-way tie, so it ends up being two more. All right, all right. Next up, I'm really gonna mess you guys up with this one. Taylor Heineke. Jeff, you gave him a shout out earlier. I'm gonna go to you first. 67. Davey. 64. Johnny. I was going to go that. 63. Eric. 69. You're all you're all over. 60. Wow. They're doing that boy dirty. I was closest, yeah, I though. Is that how they do it in Price is Right? No, all right I, I, I don't know. He's fun. He's fun, man. This last one will be whoever's just closest just so we can pick what we can get a winner. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Matt Stafford. 88. Uh, Johnny. 85. Eric. What did Jeff say? 88. 88. Oh, uh, 87. Davey. I'm going to say it's 90. The answer is 81. Wow. The, Derek Carr is an 84 and Matt jo- Stafford's an 81. Derek, you can look at the stats. Johnny Derek Carr had win. a better year. I'm a car hater, but Derek Carr had a Wait, great year. Derek Carr had an excellent year last year. Johnny, what was your, what it was your guess? I said like Johnny 80, won, 86, I think you said. Yeah, Technically, Jimmy got it. Jimmy with 84. If you, Jimmy, if you were on oh, the show. I, I said 83, okay. David. <laughs> wow, John, John, John went from a guy that wasn't in the three-way tie to the guy exactly. that won it. All right, well, I'm going to give Jimmy... And I'll give Johnny a round of applause. That was a great job with the comeback win there. So I want to get Jeff out of here, though. So, Jeff, I want to say we really appreciated you coming on the show. It was an absolute blast. I knew it was going to be fun with you. You know your stuff. uh, But this was an absolute blast for us. Absolutely. I had a great time. Thank you again so much. Give all these guys follows. The stuff you guys put out at Triple Play is fantastic, and I'm appreciative of your time. Hey, man, it, it's an honor to have you again. One of the best, not just like minds, but the best people in this community. So we can't thank you enough. And hopefully we can set up something in the future. We can get you back on here. But this was uh, absolutely, man. Anytime. Um, so, Jeff, what, before what I was say with Adam Rank with us. <laughs> well, I'll plug that in a second. But, Jeff, can you give us everybody like where they can find you? Just give the, the plug that you I know you have ready to, to give our audience here. Yeah. Find me with fantasy pros. Find me with football guys. Find me with going for two and the Debbie Royale. And then coming off the edge on 
So Tuesday nights, I have two shows going on. So seven and nine thirty. So. Hey, I love it. And again, check out all the stuff that he does. And where can they find you on Twitter again? At four whom Jay Bell tolls. I love, I love that name. Jimmy, appreciate your support, man. We really do. Thanks for tuning in with us and catching us live this week. Uh, but if you guys enjoy us, stick with us. You're not going to be, hopefully you don't get too tired of our faces. We've got Adam Rank coming on Wednesday for his monthly visit, his third consecutive month here. So I don't know where that show is going to go. I don't even know if I'll make a show sheet for it. So we'll see where that happens there. And Jamie Eisenberg is going to be coming on also at nine o'clock that same day. Me and him are going to sit down and do a mock draft recap from the fantasy football today uh, mock draft review. So that'll be fun. So again, if you're enjoying triple play content, please make sure you like subscribe, check out the YouTube. Appreciate all your support. And then until next time, everybody make sure you stay safe, go draft the best ball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys next week.